Good day, listeners. Jonathan Darty here with a special bonus edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. Everyone has experienced various emotional and mental challenges over the last three years since the COVID-19 pandemic swept the globe. Many men have faced significant mental health struggles as a result. In today's bonus episode, our guest is Steve Delaney. He is a counselor in the Pacific Northwest and the director of Prodigals International, a nonprofit Christian ministry focused on helping men, women, and families find healing, hope, and redemption from the impact of sexual brokenness. Our conversation is focusing on all the effects of these mental health challenges men are facing today and what hope there is for better health and relationships. To learn more about Prodigals and their resources, visit prodigalsinternational.org. For even more resources, visit bebroken.org or check out links in today's show notes. And we'd love it if you would take a few minutes after the show to rate and review the podcast just to help others who are looking for this kind of material. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken Ministries, and we exist to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ and equip others to do the same. Now let's dive into today's special bonus conversation with Steve. Well, all right, Steve Delaney, how are you doing? It's good to see you, Jonathan. It's been yeah. a while. Been so a while. glad to have you on the program. Um, you know, we've known each other for a while. I think our paths crossed, I don't even remember how many years ago. It's been a long, long time. Well, we, we've been doing the conference, we, you know, uh, we're going to talk about later. We're going to be doing the conference for about 10 years, Higher Ground uh, Men's Conference uh, up here in the Pacific Northwest. And so, yeah, I think uh, it was before that. So, yeah, Be Broken's been a great supporter and uh, really appreciate the work you guys do. Yeah, I had I had a lot less gray hair than I do now the first time we met. <laughs> I don't so. recall the beard either. So that's the yeah. thing, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm joking with people that this is my second half of life look. I'm just kind of going with, you know. Good. I like it. Low I like it. It's I, it's, um, you're looking well, good, Steve, mister. I wanted to have you on here because you've been doing work for a long time uh, in counseling and especially with men and yeah. families. And I'd love yeah. for you first to just let our listeners know a little bit about kind of your own history and how you've gotten into this work that you've been doing with men in counseling. Pretty dramatic shift from my life, uh, truthfully, you know, just to give the, you know, the short version. Um, I worked in high tech for, I don't know, 17 or 18 years, the last organization I was with was Microsoft. And I've been a marketing product manager, technical manager for a long time. And back in the, um, I got personally got into my own personal recovery from sex porn addiction back in, oh my gosh, 2001, about 2001. And through that uh, process, my own recovery was through Prodigals International. And that's the organization that I've been running since 2006. And that was, you know, quite a, a journey for me to go from being in that world, that high tech world, kind of the bubble up in the Pacific Northwest, you know, with Microsoft uh, and lots and lots of number of companies, especially now up in the Pacific Northwest. But, um, yeah, I, I ended up getting, uh, you know, getting into recovery in 2001 through a 12 step program that Prodigals International that will. I'm sure we'll be talking more about, but um, but that just sort of, if you will, changed the trajectory of my life. I mean, it saved me, really. I mean, saved my marriage, saved my, saved you know my relationship with Christ. Um, I I you know became a Christian in 1986, 
but I'd always still had this, 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 this distance between myself and God. There was always this wall, uh, in between the two of us. Um, and, but, uh, sort of the journey with prodigals is, you know, I, 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 I Go, gone, went through the 12 step program and the tw- as you know, 12 step programs and, and ours is a faith based uh, 12 step sex addiction recovery program for men. You know, it, 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 it never it, the 12 step doesn't end. It just keeps, you know, you, you're, you're on that that journey. And it really for me it was a journey of, you know, of renewed faith or a reconciliation work that I did uh, through that process. And and God just started to lay on my heart a desire to do something other than work in high tech. Um, It was, you know, it was a great run, but I really found that God was calling me to do something different. And because I was in, I was involved in uh, the prodigal's ministry, it's called homecoming, the men's program. Um, Because I was involved in that, I started to feel this tug. Um, And specifically, uh, you know, wild at heart, John Eldridge hadn't, hadn't read that book in a long time. And in around 2005, I was doing a men's retreat with my local, my my church. Um, And I sort of was refreshing myself with that. And there, God just sort of laid on my heart, this desire to do something different, to sort of go out on a limb, to take a, take a risk. And, and he gave me this sense of, uh, you know, that he wanted me to sort of start, you know, moving and supporting and helping the Prodigals International Ministry, and at the time we were in, we had an interim director for the program, uh, the executive director for the program, and but I also felt God calling me to become a counselor, and I was like, I, 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 my undergrad's in business. What, what, what you want me to what? <laughs> you, you want me to become a counselor? Great. So I had to do a lot of prayer about that. I had to do a lot of heart preparation because, you know. That's not a small thing, uh, at least in the state of Washington, where we're located, uh, becoming a mental health counselor. And of course, my focus is as, as a Christian mental health counselor, working with Christian men. And I, so I just felt this call to sort of do both. And in 2006, um, I took over the role of executive director of the ministry, which had was founded in 2000 and um, began that work. And then in 2009, uh, got through grad school, um, got my master's in counseling psychology, and then made that transition to integrating uh, counseling uh, counseling and coaching in the context of our ministry. Um, So yeah, so we've got sort of a, that's sort of been my, my own, that's part of my own, part of my journey of recovery was God sort of changing a trajectory of you know, I, I figured I'd be in high tech for the, until my, you know, right. until I retired. And here I am, uh, you know, <laughs> we're in 2023 and, you know, it, it's just been a dramatic, dramatic shift. And obviously my, my, my um, that impacted my, 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 my wife and my kids and all that. Right. So there was a, there was a lot in that. Yeah. And then obviously sometime into that, uh, your time with prodigals, yeah. Um, you guys launched the Higher Ground Men's Conference. Um, can you yeah. tell us what, what the history of that was and just kind of where that is even today? And we'll talk a little bit more about that because you've got one coming up uh, yeah, in about we, a week. We do. Yeah. Yeah. On, the, on uh, February 25th, um, the Higher Ground Men's, men's Conference. So 
the conference originated with a ministry that uh, had sort of had a men's conference, completely different name, kind of a, a bit different focus, although sexual purity, sexual integrity, and that was an important part of that, that, that previous conference. And they um, had, didn't have the funding to keep moving on. And so they, they came to us and said, hey, would you consider taking it on? And we sort of, you know, obviously quite a bit of prayer and like, how, how do we, you know, we had done conferences specific to, you know, training um, our leaders and doing training for what we call mentor, our mentor training in our 12-step program. But we'd never taken on a sort of a, what I call a broader conference that is really about not only sexual integrity, but, you know, spiritual character, spiritual integrity. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that we, we, we came up with the name Higher Ground because we felt like there's a lot of men out there that, you know, they, they, need, they need something to give them, you know, that helps give them, you know, a sense of thriving in their Christian walk. And part of that, is you know there's a there's a there's obviously a sexual integrity piece to it but the conference itself kind of came together in 2000 so we took over and you know it took us about a year of preparation and then we launched in um yeah february of uh 20 uh yeah 2013 so 10 years this is our 10th anniversary for the conference and um we uh, our goal at that time was to make sure we reached out to men who I mean, there's so much shame, as you know. I mean, I'm sure that's a you know, that's a common theme for a lot of men that are Christian that struggle with sexual brokenness, sexual issues of sexual integrity and sexual purity. And I wanted to make it a conference that where men could come. And even if they, they were very fearful of those conversations, that they felt like those conversations were safe that there was a place to to have community that they could think about accountability that they they could go back to their own their local church and have an opportunity to have those conversations and engage in those conversations and that's always been a baseline theme for higher ground is about community and what and what that represents and you know as as we talk further about this obviously the last 3 years have kind of created a lot of fracture in all of that yeah um, and so this is this yeah, is going to be our first in-person conference in February 25th. That's our this will be our first in-person conference, uh, you know, since the pandemic started. Our last conference is in February 2020, right before, literally weeks, weeks before. Yeah. So one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on, Steve, is because obviously you've had a long uh, history of dealing with men from a counseling perspective, also from like group perspective and just helping guys recover from all kinds of sexual brokenness issues. Yeah. But I really wanted to have you on to talk specifically about uh, the the state of men and their mental health and yeah. just um, maybe start by talking with us a little bit about what have you seen just over the last, let's say, three or four years in terms of maybe some differences between how guys are, what's happening to men's mental health versus let's say 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, I, I've been uh, at the conference uh, myself and Sam Louie is a counselor as well. We're going to be having a conversation on stage about this, but one of the things that I, you know, I, I, I use the word, this is the word that the words that came to me is there's, 
for men, especially, it depends on how you were impacted by that, everything that happened and what state you live in and all those things. Up here, things were very shut down. Um, but there's like a system shock. And I think that that, you know, for some, that was more severe than others, obviously. If, if it, you know, for some, they lost their job. They, they were out of work. You know, their vocation was impacted dramatically. Um, up here in the Pacific Northwest, tech workers, uh, you know, a lot of my clients are tech workers. And so they were suddenly thrust into this completely different way of sort of the routine, if you will. And, and that is one of the biggest impacts that I've seen is, you know, there, there's been isolation, which creates a lot of distance, a lot of disen, you know, get very disengaged, right? Uh, up here in the Pacific Northwest, churches, you know, you, we can go to church uh, in person, I mean, online for sure, but you didn't have the connection, you didn't have the community. Um, you didn't have the rhythm. I mean, there's that rhythm of life, if you will, your rhythm in your work, your rhythm in your parenting, your rhythm in your relationship with your, your partner, your wife. And you didn't have those things were suddenly, you know, so dramatically different. And so, so many of the men that I work with and even personally, you know, you were you were suddenly you didn't know what which end was up. You didn't know what was going to happen because this system change was very dramatic and it affected our walk. I mean, it affected men's walks with their Lord, with the Lord, because they didn't ha you know, that that guiding light or that, that rhythm, you know, and I think for a lot of men, rhythm is, is extremely important. You know, when, you know, when we talk about especially sexual purity and, and, and having a, a direction, a lot of it is about consistency. And, and cause a lot of men that I work with that struggle with sexual brokenness and sexual, um, sexual addiction, that's one of the missing pieces. They don't have that in their lives. You suddenly the pandemic, if, you know, um, kind of throws a bomb, a grenade, throws a grenade into the midst of all that. You start to see a lot of breakdown in relationships because marriages aren't, they're not ready for that, right? They're not ready to all be in the same place. The parenting dynamic that occurs, the whole online schooling issue, and I don't know how it affected you guys in Texas, but I, I just saw, I saw a lot of relationships just starting to melt down. Yeah, let's talk about there's two things that you mentioned that I'd love for us to explore from the mental health perspective. One sure. is like what are some of the effects on mental health mm -hmm. when you have a disruption in your normal routine? And then the second thing I'd love to explore is what are some of the effects on mental health when you are you are uh outside of community? Like in other words, when you're isolated. So those two yeah. things really popped up when you were saying that. So what are the effects yeah. that that has so, on mental health? So what I what I what I have experienced with my with uh, and I work with my primary the primary focus is men that struggle with some type of sexual issues, sexual purity, sexual brokenness, anxiety. Anxiety, you know, when when anxiety comes into play and having anxiousness about your what it's your career, your work, your relationship, your children, your, 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 your spiritual walk, the anxiety holds you hostage, right? You, you get, there's a lot of stuckness that occurs in that, if that makes sense, right? That anxiety, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just like there's this energy in our body that just kind of holds us hostage. And it makes it difficult to make decisions. 
It makes it difficult to engage with others. And so a lot of the work that I have been doing the last few years is really helping men especially try to regulate what anxiety looks like for them, right? Because that has an impact on stress. Um, it has an impact on just the physical, you know, the physical, right? So many men had a, you know, we were talking about routine. They had a routine of good self-care, right? Imagine what happens when you don't have good self-care. What happens mm -hmm. from a physical standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint? And I, I, I would throw it around that anxiety, you know, from a mental health standpoint. I mean, and, and that's not that I don't like I don't want to call that, a you know, like people think, well, is that a mental health issue? A lot of people struggle with anxiety. I mean, that's the, well, one of the actually maybe you could help us. Yeah, maybe you could help us by giving us a a a simple like definition even of anxiety because some people mm -hmm. might be going hey there's a lot of different ways that people might interpret or even understand what you're talking about when you say that term anxiety sure in a in a in kind of layman's terms how would you help somebody to understand that that term the 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 words i would use for describing anxiety would be just this uh sense of not not feeling whole feeling part partial part like there's just there's a there's this um oh what's a good way to describe it almost this um sense of worry worry is probably a more relatable word just worrying about things um in an inability to let go and be surrendered an ability in and what happens from a physical standpoint is it feels like almost like a, I mean, I, I, and maybe shakiness, almost just like a sense of, I, I, like I don't unease. know what, it, it, just an unease. Yeah. 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 Just an unease, you know, just a, just a, a disconnect from sort of that more sort of feeling centered, feeling, yeah, I feel, I feel, you know, like when, our, when our walk's in a good place, we feel just this, okay, God's got me. I feel centered. You know, we've used words like centered or being present, being in his presence, right? Being um, just at able peace, to just, or just at yeah. peace, peace, yes, relax. And there's just this sense that you're not. Your body is having this. You, you, you tend to worry more. You tend to uh, fret. Uh, rumination is a very common uh, occurrence. And these, I think what happened in the, you know, when you, when you sort of the dynamic of the pandemic is men who normally don't experience those things or had good self-care because self-care is one of the most important things to help alleviate that, right? You, you know, good exercise plan, good quiet time with the Lord, good, you know, just good connecting with others. Boom. Those things are right They're They're unsettled. There's just an unsettledness. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's it, it. For a lot of men, I think that was a surprise. They didn't they didn't have that because, you know, there there are individuals, you know, before the pandemic and the anxieties, they, they had a higher level of anxiety. And that's something that, you know, some, sometimes is treated with medications. That's not what I'm talking about. This is a different form of that uneasiness, just an un uncertainty, the unknown that creates that anxiety. 
What are some of the differences uh, when you think about these circumstances that immediately took people out of their normal routine? It took them away from community. Were there any differences that you saw in maybe the effect on mental health based on particular personality types? We think about introverts versus extroverts and things like that. Did you see any differences in your practice about how this affected, let's say, the extrovert versus the introvert? Yeah, what I what I saw is a lot of because you you take somebody like an extrovert who you know perhaps was in the workforce was in the workforce or had their com- I'll call it community for lack of a better word but they had their 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 they were they were used to working with a group of people you know uh, if they're working in an office environment they were very connected there was the lunchroom there were there were meetings you know and, and everything and 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 they thrive on it they just they thrive on it. And then suddenly they're kind of thrust into this, right? <laughs> we're on we're on the screen time and and you don't get that connected piece. And I think what that did is it caused I mean, I'd, I'd use maybe kind of a low to some degree, a low level depression, um, some aspect of despair, because, you know, something that you're used to, something that normal uh, was was taken away. And so I think it created a sense of just again, that disconnect that I wouldn't call it loneliness. I'd, I'd leave that more in the introvert category. I think introverts in general, they probably said, oh, this is great, right? It's great. I mean, I, if I can work from home or, you know, I, I, but I think then that creates, and especially when we're talking about sexual brokenness and sexual purity and issues around um, addiction, it makes it, you know, it makes it, oh, this is, this is, this is, it unfortunately creates that, 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 that big disconnect. And that's where the isolation becomes uh, problematic, as you know. Mm-hmm. Well, believe it uh, or not, I'm actually an introvert and I thought it was great for about two weeks. And then even as an introvert, yeah, I was like, this yeah. is, this is too much, <laughs> too much isolation, too much solitude. You know, it was just uh, so I, even I, I think regardless well, I, of your personality type, it's like it's it's yeah. it's crushing when you can't be in community. I, I, I'm in the same category. I'm, I'm 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 introvert, you know, in general. And you're right. I I I, I long for something something different. And um, you know, and as, as a mental health counselor, everything moved to online. Right. I mean, I, I was living on this on, online, working with people um, and that, you know, and that disconnect was hard. Right. Because normally they're sitting in my office and you, you get a much different connection than this whole screen thing. Not that that didn't help some people. And I, I think there was some good. There's good work in there. And even in group, even group work was I was surprised that, you know, there was a bil- ability to create the support systems in the community. But you do lose that. You do lose something in the, in the translation. So let me ask you this question, Steve. Uh, what kind of impact did, you know, this isolation, the, the change of routine, what kind of impact, if any, uh, did it have on men's sexual sin patterns? Did they stay the same? Did they go down? Did they go up? Like, what, what did you see, generally speaking, in your counseling as far as how men responded through their sexual brokenness? What I've seen is generally men that had, you know, and back to that, I use the word rhythm. Men that had that rhythm, they had a good, um, you know, they went, they 
they got involved in meetings, whatever those form of meetings might be. They had good community. They connected with other men. Um, they had good coffee time with other guys. I saw what I saw is and what the experience was is even though, you know, you could do, you know, Zoom with your friends and things like that or whatever it might be, there's still that disconnect created, you know, this the space, unfortunately, for those those behaviors to start bubbling up again. Um, and if you think about the emotional toll that that took, right, a lot of uh, when I am working with men around sexual addiction, it is a replacement for emotions, right? It is a way to substitute. It is a, a form of medication. It's a replacement. And so those, you know, and I, and I think about it from a clinical standpoint as well as a spiritual standpoint, the neuropathways start to light up again. And what happens, right? So even though you can you can take a meeting online um, and you can try to create, it doesn't have the same. And so um, I don't, you know, uh, to some degree, um, a lot of attrition, right? A lot of our meetings went online. Our 12-step meetings went online, but there's an incredible amount of attrition. Uh, a lot of guys just sort of slip into the, you know, the woodwork, so to speak. Um, and then guys that I'd worked with for years, you know, were having their struggles and having their challenges with, you know, keeping their program current, keeping engaged with others, you know, following their, their you know, when I, when I say program, you know what I'm, I'm referring to, their programs stuff suffered. And, and we really had to do a redefinition of program. What is pro, what is it really, what does a program represent and how do you define that program, right? You had to sort of say, here's what, 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 what are your, what are your personal boundaries around what it looks like to sit at home eight hours a day if you're online, or maybe you're out of work, or, you know, the, this, you know, if you're working in, in brick and mortar, what, what does that look like? And how, you know, what is, what is it, how does that differ? So a lot of readjustment, a lot of, I hate the words, new normal, you know, yeah. and that's yeah. true of, pro, of, of recovery. That's true of recovery, unfortunately, is that the new normal has, has to be defined. Yeah. One of the things that I was amazed at was w within about a month of everything being shut down across the entire country. Yeah. Uh, you saw anywhere from 100 to 300 percent increases in traffic on porn sites. Right. There was so a lot of this isolation was dangerous for so many guys that did not have okay. their normal recovery routines or whatever. Yeah. They just fell way back into that. Have you seen a lot of that, guys, as they're trying to come through the season of of, quote unquote, getting a new normal where there were multiple relapses? And what kind of what does that do to mental oh, health? It, it, yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of men got on autopilot. Right. I mean, they just sort of fell back into some of those old routines. And what that does is it, it creates a lot of despair. Right. If you think about addiction and you think about the cycle of addiction and that and that's the framework that I work from, despair is a, is a constant. And it gets confused with depression. So I think you have a lot of what I call both mild and, you know, to some degree, medium level levels of depression that start to occur. A lot of just feeling of, of that loss, feeling of kind of, you know, I, 
I, I, I'll, I'll use the word hopelessness, just a sense of, well, is this it? Is this, is this what the, is this what it's going to be like? Um, especially when you start to combine that with relational dynamics in, in you know, with marriages, right? And I, and I know you've probably had a lot of these kind of conversations about the impact on marriage mm-hmm. um, and, and the impact that that's had. And that just, that kind of creates that, you know, people who don't normally struggle with depressive symptoms from a mental health perspective, we're, we're starting to experience that, right? And where they normally had outlets for that, or they had ways to sort of, you know, take good care of themselves, it sort of, they sort of got stuck. I mean, stuck's a, a, a big word in the last three years. Yeah. Just being stuck. Well, Steve, we've, we've got a few minutes left, and uh, but what I would love for you to do is be able to share with guys, like, what... Because uh, I'm sure there's a lot of men that are listening to this that are going, okay, I can uh, I can identify with the anxiety, with the despair. I can identify with man, what you're talking about of a of a, a blown up routine or isolation and all this. What yeah. hope? Like, what message of hope would you give to guys that maybe they're feeling all of these struggles with their mental health? And then, where would you maybe want to uh, send guys in terms of some resources that you guys have that would be able to help? Yeah, I, I when I have clients that ask me that question, you know, I I, I try to I try to say, well, how do you how do you create routine, right? And so a lot of times I'll spend time just helping them identify what are the elements of of a good routine. So for some sometimes it's the simplest things, right? It's the simplest things like, what do you have a new exercise plan? Well, I can't go to the gym. Well, but there are ways to to get out there and take good care of yourself, um, because those that that can be some of the most important part of um, of taking care of yourself, because it gives you clarity, it gives you, you know, a sense of you know your purpose. Obviously, time with God is intensely critical, and I think some of the during the during this time when you get into that despair phase, it's hard. It's hard to just reach out to others. It's hard to just go, okay, I, I need to spend, I, I need to spend some time in prayer. I need to spend some time in the word. I need, you know, I need, I need to open the scripture. And a lot, for a lot of guys, it's, it's kind of like, well, is that going to help? I mean, I think they can intellectually believe it, but, you know, especially when you're in a sense of despair, hopelessness, and it feels like there's never ending. I mean, some of my clients, that's, that you know, it feels like this is never going to end. Well, okay, then, how do you accept that this new way of being requires that you think about your relationship with God and 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 make that the your your the conc the, the pillar? You know, that that becomes the, you know, the focus. But part of it, a lot of it has to do with just sort of creating the the like we said, the the new routine to to get out of that stuck place. And part of that is engaging again in community. And thankfully, we're starting to see that. I, I you know, I, I, up up here, we're starting to see that. Um, I think, you know, church attendance is still down significantly up here, um, but I don't know what it's like down in Texas. But, you know, we are starting to see that. I think we're starting to see people coming back, and I think we're starting to see the, an interest in like, you know, men's men's work and men's recovery and men's uh, men's groups and things like that. Um, but yeah, those would be, I mean, some of those are, you know, you're like, of course, 
but a lot of times, uh, you know, you got to kind of help guys through that process. And that's a lot of the, a lot of the work that, you know, that I've been doing is just trying to encourage them and, and give them that kind of, if you will, push that nudge toward, yeah. you know, doing those things that you've done in the past and, and adjusting. I think adjustment's a big word. I think adjustment is a key word, actually, if I think about it, is, okay, you've got to adjust. And I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm, I'm feeling hope. I'm feeling glimpses of hope. I'm seeing men start to embrace that. A lot of my clients starting to, because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm always bringing it to them. I'm always sort of bringing that forward in the work to help them process this, you know, get off the, get off the stuck place, get off the hopeless place, get off the, you know, woe is me, hold my head down, shoulders slumped, that whole belief about, well, this just feels like it's never going to end. Right. Yeah. Where can our listeners go to learn more about you and your resources and, and the higher ground conference? Yeah. Well, well, prodigalsinternational.org, prodigalsinternational.org. That's our, um, so we have a program for men and for women, the 12 step program for sexual brokenness and addiction. Um, we've been around for, you know, over 20 years and it's a, it's a faith-based 12 step program. Um, so based on sort of the foundations of Alcoholics Anonymous, but for us, the important journey is part of faith. It's part of that rejuvenation of your faith in the 12 step walk. And it is a walk and it's not a, there's not a destination. It's not go through your program and you're fixed. We feel like there's a journey and that's part of what 12 step. We also have support for partners as well um, of, of guys who struggle. So we have a partners program that's called partners in process. And then we have two conferences, the Higher Ground Men's Conference, which is coming up on February 25th. And there's a live stream of that. I know you're, you're national, uh, you know, national broadcast. So we um, there's a, a HigherGroundMen.com is our website. And there's an option for a live stream broadcast if they want to participate in that uh, in person. If they live in the Pacific Northwest, uh, it's at Westminster Chapel in Bellevue, Washington. And then in um, in March, we have our women's conference called Restoring Hearts. And that's, again, for partners uh, of, of guys that struggle with sexual brokenness and sexual uh, compulsion and addiction issues. And that Restoring Hearts conference is one month later. It's on the 25th of, of March. And uh, and that's also in, in Bellevue, Washington at Westminster Chapel. And will so, that have a yeah, live stream as well? Or, or I will have a live stream as well. Yeah. Okay, and, cool. And uh, so awesome. some great speakers lined up for that. Um, but yeah, um, so um, that is restoringhearts.org. Uh, uh, okay. Well, Steve, thanks for this, uh, this conversation. I think it's going to be helpful to a lot of guys, and we appreciate all the work that you're doing. So thanks for being with us. Yes. Uh, thank you for having me and appreciate the time and I appreciate your support, Jonathan. It's always been, you know, you've been yeah. a blessing to my life and the lives of many of the men up here in the Pacific Northwest. Well, I appreciate that. Well, listeners, we're going to put all those details in the show notes so that you can get to Prodigals International as well as those conferences for men and wives. Um, and we're so glad that you've been with us. We want to help you take whatever your next best step needs to be on your journey. So please reach out to us. And we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.